What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. We got a fresh one for you, episode 64. Uh, today, uh, for current events, I start us off, we get a little third rail. Uh, if you guys haven't seen, Google's been in some hot water about some leaked documents. They get some vicious name calling. We just, we don't need, ain't nobody got time for that. We don't need to call each other some mean names. Uh, then for my Arlie, I talk about my buddy John, who... Uh, has come from Tanzania. He's my buddy at the gym. Uh, older guy, got got a family and all that. But um, one of my older friends, and and he drops a little knowledge on me uh, this past week in the gym when I talked to him. And then I'm still riding this Gary V train. Um, I read Crush It uh, a while back, and I'm revisiting the notes. And uh, he has an interesting view on legacy versus currency. So we get into that. Uh, Tim, what do you take us into today? Yeah, so the city of San Francisco, they became the first city to ban facial recognition, but they're also the first to ban e-cigs. Trendsetter. So we talk about that. It's an interesting little dynamic with Jewel being based out of San Francisco. So we give our thoughts on that, the impact on the city, and it's an interesting topic. And then you're uh, you're in a new job. You're trying to develop yourself as a leader. We talk about five body language hacks that portray leadership. I read an article in Forbes that talks about different strategies to give off the vibe that you're a good leader through body language techniques. So that's a good section. And then in the show with Book Talk, talking about Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill, uh, I opened the book and reread some notes and opened to a page that really spoke to me from an emotional intelligence standpoint. So we'll talk about that. Uh, So today's Tuesday, episode 64. I hope you guys get a lot of value from this. Let us know what you think of the show. We're always down to hear uh, your opinions and different ways to make the show better. So enjoy your Tuesday. Tim, what's happening, brother? Not much, man. What's happening with you? Just another glorious Tuesday on the mics. Yes, sir. I have zero complaints. Hope everyone listening has got that fresh cup of lead. Get gassed up for the day. We're going to penetrate them ears. First week of July, man. First, dude, Good I, can, I cannot believe it. America. It's America's I, week. Yeah. Uh, how much are you off this week? Well, at the time of this being posted, I will be in Colorado for my friend's wedding. Ooh, yeah. Colorado. Yeah, I'm there That's for, a goofy name for a place. For the whole week? Yeah. Whole week. That's refreshing. Well, Tuesday. To, uh, I mean, at the time it's recording, I flew out yesterday, Monday. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back on Saturday. <laughs> we got to get our dates and times situated. But yeah. Uh, nice, man. Dude, I love Colorado. Every time I'm out there, it's harder to come back. Mm-hmm. But I need to go when there's not snow, so I can go to picture or uh, Red Rocks. So I was talking about pictured rocks with my barber earlier. Um, but I haven't been to Red Rocks ever, let alone for a concert. And I've heard that's just like one of the greatest venues of all time. It looks like it too. Mm-hmm. But I'm addicted to when there's snow on the ground because I like to ride the mountains. But. I might change it up next time I go. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I say that now, and then I'll see snow on the ground in six, seven, eight months, and I'll be like, oh, but there's snow. Yeah. Well, I'll be doing a lot of hiking, so. There you go. I'm excited. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, what's going on in the world? I've seen and read some interesting, interesting things, but I know you got some good stuff fired up, too. So. You want me to go first? Do you want to go first? I will. All right. Yeah, so we talked about how... So s- I was going to bring up... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. So we talked about how San Francisco became the first city to ban facial recognition. Stupid idea. And now they are 
becoming first place in the first city to ban e-cigs. Ooh. Yeah, so officials on Tuesday voted to ban stores from selling the vaporizers, and it made it illegal for online retailers to deliver to addresses in the city. And I just think this is an interesting move because Jewel Labs, obviously the, the, the producer of the Jewel, mm-hmm. they're based in San Francisco as well. So I just think this is interesting. I think it's gonna it's it's gonna cause a lot of things. I mean, I don't know how this is gonna impact the greater United States, but just in the city. I mean, will this cause a ripple effect? Uh, I don't know. I think you'll obviously have older people moving back to regular cigarettes instead of these, and then I think you obviously have the the black market will will grow for this stuff just because just because it's technically illegal. So I think their main reason behind it was just. They were. They didn't like the way the FDA regulated it. They didn't think they were doing it well enough, and eventually got to the point where they voted on it. And the governor has, or the mayor has, ten days to sign off on it. But she says she will. So it's pretty much a done deal. Probably a done deal at this point. But yeah, just want to get hmm. your, your your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see. And I'm trying to see if I can find the number here, but I'm interested in the number of smokers. That San Francisco has, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's from actual cigarettes or to e-cigarettes, but uh, didn't, didn't and you said Jules headquarters is yeah. in San Francisco. Yep. Oh, see, that's dicey. It's like okay, we're headquartered here, and you just banned us, mm-hmm. and they, you know. I'm I'm down for it because it's it's a healthier thing, right? That there's not that because those have proven to still be harmful. Uh, it's like dipping grizzly pouches instead of long cut. You're still mm-hmm. you're still doing something to yourself. Um, but and I used to dip, so I don't want my dippers out there to get up in arms. <laughs> uh, the dippers, right? McLipperton. Um, so that to me is interesting. I don't know how. If that will affect anything at all, but that's like, I wonder if Jewel is feeling like, man, where we're headquartered, where we provide jobs and a lot of cash uh, and and fuel the economy, uh, they just kind of kicked us in the balls, you know. So uh, that's going to be interesting. I don't know how much sales are going to go down, not just San Francisco, but you know, surrounding areas too if that will have an impact. Uh, but it, it's strange all the things that San Francisco is, is doing. I feel like there's people who want to, you know, well, there's people everywhere who want to smoke, but they got rid of the facial recognition. Okay, I think that was stupid. Um, they got rid of e-cigs. Okay, a little smarter move, but again, in terms of economy and health for that, but I don't know because I'm not an e-cigarette user, so I guess... Personally, I don't really care what they do and uh, in that regard. But at the same time, yeah, I'm interested to see the business relationship with, with the city after this, mm-hmm. if they're going to do anything. Because uh, we were talking off air before, Amazon was going to, and I think it was Oregon, I need to double check. Uh, they were going to open a big facility uh, out, I think it was Northwest. Uh, they were in between a few different cities around the the country and they were going to pass a legislation that would tax Amazon 
extensively because Amazon can afford it. Amazon turned around and said, no, no. Uh, basically, uh, you need us more than we need you. We're not going to come here. Like they didn't say that, but that was the play. They were going to not go to that city and not provide um, money flow to the economy, all the jobs, and they were going to go somewhere else because Amazon can. And that's a beauty about companies like that. You can do what you want and go where you want. If someone's going to try to wreck you for it, don't go there. They apparently need you more than you need them. So do what you want. Uh, so I'd be interested to see if um, e-cigarettes, those types of companies start to do the same thing. If they catch wind that they're going to start getting banned, if they're going to move up and move out. So I, I this is really fresh, but I, I am curious to see if there's any sort of backlash mm-hmm. with if, this. If you're a San Francisco resident, with this in place... Does this mean you can still like go buy like Jewel in a different city and then bring it back and use it in San Francisco? Because it, all it said was they can't sell it in stores and e-commerce companies can't deliver to addresses in San Francisco. Then I would think you can still use it. So like, what is I mean, like what is this really? E-cigarette doing? use was not banned. Yeah. E-cigarette sales. Yeah. So I'm sure you can go to a different city and get it or what have you, but. Yeah, if you can't even do it online to San Francisco. Hey, I got to call my, my buddy Tommy. He's, uh, he's in the town next door. I got to tell him that I need his address so I get my e-cigarettes shipped to his house. <laughs> Dude, one thing I also found that was crazy was this stat is uh, teenagers who admitted using nicotine products rose 36% last year. In San Francisco? U.S. Oh, U.S. Which I think is crazy, man. Hmm. Obviously because of the E-cigs, but yeah, I think, I mean, that just, that shows the importance of needing to regulate it, but apparently San Francisco didn't, didn't think they were doing it right. Yeah. Uh, So this is from Truth Initiative. Um, They're the ones that have the tobacco-free commercials and and all that. And in 2017, uh, it said 17.3% of high school students used e-cigarettes, 2.8% used smokeless tobacco. What, what, go dip? Not really. (laughs) On at least one day in the past 30 days. So that could be every day for some. That could be every two, three days for some. It could be once a month. But if you're a tobacco user, I doubt it's once a month. Um, And before that... uh, they were 3.2% and 5.5% respectively. So a little uh, decrease in smokeless tobacco, but increase in e-cigarettes. And, I mean, we're in Indiana. We see the amount of e-cigarette use here. Dude, I literally see it everywhere. <laughs> uh, imagine if Indianapolis... It's so nor- It seems like it's, not, it's like normal. Imagine if Indianapolis banned the sale of e-cigarettes. Yeah. I mean, so let, so let's let's do that. How do you think that would affect Indianapolis with what we see? How much e-cigarette use we see here? Say there I don't was, think I really don't think it would affect anything. I just think people would get it from like they would get marijuana. It, well, would, it would be like they would still get it. Yeah, but would it affect anything business-wise, economy-wise? If you can't order it online to Indianapolis, if you couldn't physically buy it anywhere in Indianapolis, I don't know. I just feel like that's that's a drop in the bucket. At that point, I I mean I don't know maybe I'm not looking at it but I I just I think it's still going to be present but economy wide I don't think it's going to take a huge hit like in the short term yeah but I mean it's it it would definitely like socially yeah like people would be talking about it obviously but yeah yeah I don't know I would definitely be wary if I were 
a business owner of some kind of you know seeing a bunch of regulation going down in San Francisco I definitely wouldn't want my business out there yeah it's like okay you're regulating facial recognition uh, e-cigarettes and those are just so different parts of the spectrum mm-hmm. like what what's the logic here okay yeah. if, it, if it's health for e-cigarettes fine okay good on you but like you you, you jumped from facial recognition which is public safety well so is uh, tobacco use but i'm i'm curious how they're going about their regulating mm-hmm. in san francisco they're being very proactive i mean i'm curious about a lot of things that the state of california does in general but yeah they're just being really aggressive yeah san francisco is uh, they just want to be a trendsetter i guess i guess trendsetter so. on regulation trying to make headlines go join the rest of the they, government if you want to regulate um yeah so interesting good yeah. find yeah what do you got? Uh, so I'm sure people listening, I'm sure you have seen uh, Google is getting some heat right now. So there was a, a document leaked. Uh, it was part of an email chain that described uh, ben, Sh- ben Shapiro, excuse me, PragerU, uh, and Jordan Peterson as, quote, Nazis using the dog whistles. So uh, first off, very bold, bold thing to say to somebody. Wait, who said? Wait, who said this? How people within Google, employees within Google, on okay. an email chain, uh, referenced those three people uh, as Nazis using the dog whistles. And so there was a, a quote from her name is Jen. Uh, I don't know how to spay, uh, pronounce her last name Genai or Genai G E N N A I. Uh, she is head of responsible innovation at Google. All right, so head of responsible innovation at Google. This is her quote. Google has repeatedly been clear that it works to be a trustworthy source of information without regard to political viewpoint. In fact, Google has no notion of political ideology in its rankings. Said by the head of responsible innovation at Google. Then, there's quote, Today, it is often one or two steps to Nazis if we understand that PragerU, Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro et al. Or are Nazis using the dog whistles you mentioned in step one. I can receive these recommendations regardless of the content of what I'm looking at. All right. So, That's anonymous. They don't know who said that yet? Uh. Well, they blocked out the name. You just see all the email addresses on, on the chain of at google.com, at google.com. Yeah. The rest is blacked out. Um, so it's obviously, someone, it's obviously someone who has high leadership influence if it's going to that many people. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Or maybe even not. Yeah, but, but the fact that those kind of conversations are being had. Yeah, and, and so here's my thing. Look, you know, we're not here to talk politics or religion. Uh, right now I'm talking, uh, you know, Censorship, because that's what that email just alluded to, is it said it didn't matter regardless of, of content. Uh, if they're referring to someone as a Nazi, then they can they can do what they want. Uh, there's another quote. I don't think correctly identifying far-right, con- far-right content is beyond our capabilities, but if it is, why not go with Meredith's suggestion of disabling the suggestion feature? So they're outright bold-faced telling the world that they are censoring people based on political views. Vote for you who you want. Just make sure you're educated. That's all I ask. Vote for who you want. Um, 
I'm not a huge fan of the current ad administration. I wasn't a huge fan of the prior. So uh, there, there's good and bad to both. Um, I think there's better and worse for both as well. But the fact that this is going on now, you're having these big monopolies regulate information. Yeah. Based on uh, viewpoints and opinions. Okay, are we going to start doing that? I mean, we already have. They already are doing this. YouTube has gotten slammed for doing the very same thing against PragerU. Um, and I imagine that the people who are making noise about this will not be anyone that is at all left of, of right or center. So it's just, you know, and I wouldn't want this to happen to anyone on whatever side of the aisle. I don't care your political viewpoint. You should not be censored. Mm-hmm. Because of what you think and believe. I just, you know, when someone is quoted as head of responsible innovation saying that, and then documents are leaked saying the complete opposite. Oh, and they called Jewish people Nazis. That's the humorous part. Like, they're Jewish. <laughs> and you're going to call them a Nazi. Let's start there. You want to talk about being offensive and political correctness? Like, so so let's let's play both sides of the coin there. If I if I went up to some Jewish person, just called him a Nazi, I, I'd be on the front page news, which they are. But regardless, I, I see this as a big problem. Again, mm-hmm. I don't I don't care what you think or believe, who you vote for, you should not be censored censored in any way, shape, or form. So when you say just drawing this from backing up a little bit, mm-hmm. what impact do you think this will have on people's like consumption of information through Google. Like what how do you think this will impact Google and how people perceive Google? Like you say this is, could be a problem. I just want to see I just want to figure out like how what the problem will be yeah. related to. Yeah. Uh you're going to start seeing uh well it, what I think could happen is someone will start a different type of search engine. But it's 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 Google mm-hmm. and the majority of people are probably happy about this um because look everyone is super pissed off about the fact that trump is president mm-hmm. again there's a lot that i disagree with that he says and does and there's some things i agree with that he does say and do and i just people are going to start taking things into their own hands and i don't know what all that will entail well i think people started taking things in their own hands as soon as the internet was created I think it's 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 a matter of taming the beast. Well, that too, but like, now, like I said, I mean, back in back in the day, you had a very few trusted news outlets. But when you give people everyone a platform, you have to regulate it in some way. And I just feel like it just it keeps on. Like you see it with Twitter, you see it with Google. It's just yeah, a matter. I think it all Twitter censors too. I think it all falls back on just the the consumer of the information. Like how how do you go about? strategically and thoughtfully collecting both sides of an argument and making an educated decision and not really relying on one platform to be like, hey, that what, what they provide to me is, is what it is. Look, here's what you reg- regulate on the internet. Um, violence, discriminatory acts, mm-hmm. like danger to people. That's what you regulate on the internet. You find that stuff. Just because of someone's uh, viewpoint on anything because it goes against what you like, and I don't think that there should be such censorship. Again, for public safety, yes, regulate by all means. Like, 
how do you think potential bomb attacks are, are stopped? Like you have to use information wherever it is and it's everywhere. But just because someone disagrees with you, come on now. And that's, we've talked about people can't have a conversation anymore. I've talked to plenty of people where we don't agree on things and it's fine. We're like, okay, I understand why you think that now. I, I don't agree, but it's not like I hate you for it. Like, you know, it, it's, we've gotten so far off the handle with, with everything because of just politics. And it's like, people, look what we're doing. We're, we're imploding. That's exactly what's happening. We're imploding. So I'm be interested to see where all this goes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think there will be much recourse of this, honestly. Uh, do I still use Google as a search engine? Yeah. But now I know that what I'm going to get is not everything I'm going to get. Like if, you, I, if you search for politics. Well, I don't trust them searching for anything now. Oh. I will search for things. I don't things. know if I'd go that far. I will search for but. things, but why, why would I trust them to not censor something else that they don't like? Right. If I were to search for something gun-related, maybe they regulate that too. Maybe they censor that. I don't know. But I just, once you start censoring things, now I think, what else are you hiding from people? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we didn't see much about, uh, in the way of headlines of the two former um, politicians that were murdered in their homes that we talked about the other week. <laughs> those, those got glossed right over. How much of that did you see in the news? Like CNN had a pretty quick article. How much did you see that on their actual talking points on, on live uh, reporting? It's all, everything they do is Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of Trump just because I'm tired of his name being out of everyone else's mouth. Uh, but no, I, I have a big issue with, with censorship like this in any regard. And like I said, I don't care who you, who you vote for, what you believe in, what you think. Like, I don't think you should be censored unless you're a danger to someone else in society. Or you're being discriminatory or something like that. So, I don't know. It, but it's, it's happening quite a bit. It is. I agree. So, yeah, I'm going to get off that box right now. <laughs> you done? <laughs> I'm done talking some shit. I just, you know, I, I think people should. No, that's a good thing to bring should, up. Should have their their freedom of speech. Good thing to um, good thing to be, as you would say, woke about. Yeah, it, look, it's constitutional right. Mm-hmm. You should have it, and it's happening. So. Yeah. All right, we're gonna get off that one. What else we got? Yeah, so I read an article in Forbes talked about five body language hacks that portray leadership. You know, I'm all about those body language. Mm-hmm. Um, so five things. So posture, keeping your ba- your back straight and shoulders back. Yep, that's the biggest thing. I mean, who who said it? Can't really said, but like you can tell how someone like views themselves, what t- what type of value they create for themselves just by the way they hold their shoulders. Like mm-hmm. if they're slumped over, I mean, you do that over time. That's the that's the biggest thing. So you portray leadership confidence when you have your shoulders up, back rolling back. And up like that. So that's the first thing. Uh, being present. So they talk about when you're in a meeting, uh, actively participating, whether it's either asking a question. You don't even have to offer, if you, if you don't feel like you're educated on a topic, you don't even have to say anything, but you can 
ask a question about something just to show you're participating. And then the other thing about that is making eye contact with the person who's talking and orienting your body. Because I know with we talked about meetings, how over, overkill with meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's easy to kind of tune out meetings after a while when, when, they're, when they're useless. But you never know like what you might be able to pick up about something if you're fully engaged on someone. Sure. And, that, and that shows people in the meeting that you care about what's going on and that adds to the leadership. So, uh, and then gestures, like when you're making points, they say that when you move your, your hands away from your torso, when you're making a point that shows that you're, you're not insecure, like you're, you're open to sharing, keeping your body language open, like with your hands, like keeping your palms open too. That shows that you're, you're open to what you're saying. You're open to feedback is what you're saying. You're not trying to like hide anything, hide components of what you're saying. So gestures like that, like the steeple gesture too, like putting your fingertips to each other when you're, uh, when you're just waiting. Like the Mr. Burns. Yes, yes. Excellent. Yeah. So that's another, like when you're, when you're like sitting at a table and you're wondering what to do with your hands, they say the best thing to do is to steeple them like, like that and just li- put them on the, and just listen. Huh. Just take in everything. I think it also makes you look like intelligent too, like extra, like, oh man. Or the, yeah, intelligent, thoughtful. That guy holds his hands like that. Maybe I should do that. That looks that looks real professional. <laughs> yeah, like like you want like you want to be there. Like you're you're not nervous about anything. Insecure. I just I feel like that portrays confidence. And people say that that's a big thing. Uh, and then sounding like a leader. It's not how it's not what you say, but how you say it. So enunciating and speaking clearly, putting emotion into your voice, because like words themselves can't communicate a full message how you say it in the pitch of what you're saying mm-hmm. in the authenticity behind your voice and what you're saying showing you actually care about something especially when you're talking over the phone that's like another thing um i have to use the bathroom <laughs> off i go <laughs> <laughs> not what you say yeah so those are the four so posture being present gestures sounding like a leader and then the fifth one is your handshake we've talked about it oh, so yeah you need a powerful handshake yeah and they're saying like it, it should be a neutral handshake, like not like putting a death grip on someone and not being like slight with your with your handshake, like soft, but per, in, in between. Like and, you want them to know you're there. Yeah. And another thing to remember is your palm should be facing literally horizontal sideways when you shake someone's hand. It shouldn't you shouldn't. We talked about it before. Dominant handshake. Your palm is facing down. Never yeah. go into a handshake like that. And. If you're going to pick one and the other, dominant or submissive, you should go submissive just because you're not trying to dominate someone. But they say you shouldn't do that either with your palm up. Yeah. You don't get walked all over. Right. So, yeah. So those are the five things. Posture, being present, uh, gestures with your hands, uh, the steeple, sounding like a leader, and then handshake. So I thought that was an important thing to remember. Like, if you're, like, starting out a job and... I mean, you're not a manager yet. You're not managing people yet. You can do things on a daily basis that show that you're ready for something like that mm-hmm. no matter what. I think implementing those five things are important. And the handshake, like, you know, sometimes you get caught on that, like, oh, man, I, I gave, like, this little weak handshake where they get, like, half your hand and then you feel like, oh, that was such a terrible handshake. Mm-hmm. They think I'm just, like, I can't even shake your hand right. Like, push into that person's hand. Yeah. Like, that won't be too much force, but if you think about, okay, when I shake, I'm pushing into the hand. Let them know you're there, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, like you said, you don't need to you know break their hand over it unless you don't like the person. But um, yeah, like look at where you're putting your find hand. that pocket. Yeah, look where you're putting the hand and, and push into it. Mm-hmm. Let them know like, hey, like I am present 
and and yeah, I, I am standing my ground here. Like let's let's get into it. So uh, and then what you said about being present and asking questions, I really liked because you and I are always you know whether it's on or off air, we're trying to think how can we better be better question askers, mm-hmm. and, and it's always. Uh, humbling when when we finish with a guest and they say wow you guys ask really good questions like i really appreciate when someone says that mm-hmm. because we work really hard at doing that yeah and so asking the questions gives them the notion like oh so they're not just listening to what i'm saying they're hearing me they're processing and they care enough to dive deeper into that whatever that thing is that i brought up they want to know more about what i am talking about mm-hmm. They don't just listen like, oh, yeah, great. And, and so um, I was doing this the other day. It's like, okay, you, you just wanted them to finish so you could speak. <laughs> you, you're, you're Those just, people. Like you hear it, you didn't really listen and comprehend. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that I'm going to pull a, a line from Hitch, listen and respond. If you, just, if you don't respond, they don't think you're all always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then the posture. Uh, I think I might have posted uh, off the off the dome Instagram once about a study where posture can affect or posture can affect your mood. Yeah, it's like you know if you're hunched over, you know you're like you're kind of closed in. You know you're a little just worry about everything else going on. And you just want to kind of stick to your own guns and and not be messed with by anyone. Or maybe you're just you're shut in. Maybe you're tired or you're depressed or you know. You're just dealing with some stuff like your posture. You're not going to be, your chest isn't going to be out and up. Your shoulders are going to be, you know, they're not going to be back. Mm-hmm. And you, you won't look confident to other people. You're going to look super shut in. So your posture can affect your mood too. Yeah. And if you decide to sit and open your shoulders, like, yeah. Like, all right. I got, I got a little confidence going here. Let's go, baby. What's Let's up? Go. Um, so I, I wanted to just kind of go recap those few things because those are just some things that stuck mm-hmm. out to me out of those five that you mentioned, uh, not to downplay the others, but uh, I think those are just very subtle things that we don't think about in everyday um, life to where it really does affect what's going on internally Mm -hmm. too. So, um, yeah, I I think those are fantastic points. Good job, Forbes. Forbes has good good stuff. I like Forbes. Yeah, for real. And the biggest, like the two of the biggest ones that I like struggled with personally at first were the posture because mm-hmm. I it wasn't that I wasn't confident, but I had just my whole life like I had I developed bad like posture with my just with my back like I was a little bent over not because I wasn't confident sure but just reinforcing that and like training myself to just keep on popping it up every day I just feel like I've developed so much better of a habit of that like since I got to college and from then on and then just being present in meetings too like even when I first started out with Wildman. Like my my boss came and approached me. He's like, you you could be asking more questions at meetings. So it was good. It was good to hear that because that's something that I've always been worked on working mm-hmm. on. Because it's it's tough. Like especially like lately afternoon. Like if it's something that you're that doesn't like directly affect you a lot, it may not seem important to you. But if you really pay attention, you, you'd be surprised at what questions you can ask that will give you knowledge to be successful in your role. Even mm-hmm. though sometimes it may not directly impact you, but knowing that knowledge because you asked it in that meeting, absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, th- those are really great. I like those a lot, and it's they're not crazy difficult to tweak. 
Mm-mm. either. It's it's not like you need to go out and buy something to to change these things. You don't have to do some elaborate strategic thing in your in your day to have a new habit or anything. It's just they're very small things. Mm-hmm. But we we gloss right over it. So yeah, nice, very nice. I um I was at the gym last week and I saw my buddy John, my buddy from Tanzania. Mm. Uh, yeah, God, I love that man. John from Tanzania Part Two. Yeah, so he uh, he's off on Thursdays, Fridays, and so I don't always see him. I might see him a few times a month. Just we work out at different times too, so uh, that doesn't help. But uh, we always have. I don't know. We talked maybe four or five minutes tops, and he just. I don't know if it's because he has a wildly different. Culture, culture. Um, how do I want to say this? Cultural, cultural. I cannot speak. Brain to mouth. Multiple Tuesdays in a row. Cultural experience um, from where he's from, how he grew up, things he's uh, lived through and seen. Uh, but we talked about just simply doing too much. You know, like, oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, we've been overloaded doing such and such and this and that and. You know, either working too much or dealing with too much stress or just life, you know. And he was like, yeah, you know, you know, I feel like when your body just it shuts down, it's it's telling you like, hey, you're, you're doing way too much, buddy. Like you are burning the candle at both ends for way too long and you're doing it too, too often. And so we were talking about that, how that's a sign that your body like when you know, like, oh, man, I just need to stop. Like you need to listen to that. But you shouldn't redline every time. You shouldn't wait till you're you're way past empty to try to recharge the batteries a little bit. It's trying to regulate. Like, okay, what I really need to get done. Uh, how much time and energy do I really have, or what do I really want to dedicate to this? If I have to burn extra on one day, then I need to take it easy the next day. And you know whether that's work or training, or you need to catch up on, you know, hanging with your family time, whatever that may be. But it, it was just like listening to the body as simple as it seems. Like I'm very tired right now. Like I could have used a nap today and I don't nap. But when I can tell myself like I really needed a nap, I know I need to get some extra sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just those things. And I'm, I'm one who is really good at overdoing it, trying to do too much. And then I'm also really good at denying that I'm doing too much. And so it, it was it was refreshing to talk to John to where that little simple message of like, you know, it's a sign your body's telling you something. Like you're redlining and you're redlining and you're redlining. And it's only a matter of time before you get the super irritability and someone can breathe wrong and, and just set you off. Like just you can go crazy on that person. Um, or maybe it comes out in road rage. Guilty as charged takes one to no one. Used to have that problem all the time. Every once in a while it creeps back, but that's if they're driving really dumb. Like we got some dumb drivers. But uh, yeah, no, that was cool. I, I always get a kick out of seeing my guy John there, and I know we're gonna just even a nice quick conversation. I'm gonna get something out of it for sure. Mm-hmm. So I hope I hope I give him some value back. But yeah. I definitely learned from him. What are some things you do when you need to re- recharge? Besides nap. <laughs> uh, if if it's just like I need some some mental breaks, uh, I still go to the gym, still get the training in. Gym is a must. I, have I need to, it to have to. 
there are days where I know I'm just on, on overdrive where I should not train, where training would be more harm to my body than uh, not training. Mm. So I do have those days, but if, if I'm really just, I'm done, where you know tank is way below E and I'm just like, I put it in neutral and I'm pushing it from behind the steering wheel and trying to walk my car to the gas station, uh, I need to be by myself. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's how I recharge. Like, I need to be alone for a while. I need to just, whether it's sleep or, or read or just take a shower and hang in my room and, and do some small odds and ends that may not seem super productive, but just small things that I, I need to do or, or sit and meditate mm. um, or maybe sit and pray a little extra that day. I might, I might cook. Even though I have roommates, like, cooking for me is, like, only I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Like I might throw something on in the background, like a Netflix in the background, or some music, or a podcast, and I can just cooking, I'm chopping. You know, it's just something that I focus on to where it's therapeutic. You know, so everyone's got something that's therapeutic. I bet for you, just golfing is probably therapeutic, but yeah. it's also you get competitive even if you're playing by yourself. So I bet just hitting balls for you is probably just mm-hmm. like, you know, some people mopping yeah. is therapeutic for you. If you just go hit balls, yeah. You know, yeah, you're trying to work on a few things maybe, but you also, you have that muscle memory. You've been playing long mm-hmm. enough, which is, I just need to hit the shit out of some golf balls. Today. Yeah. And it's like, put the phone down. No one's bugging you. You go, however many buckets you need to go through until you feel better. Yeah. To where it's like, all right, now I can go be around some other people for a while. Yeah. Or I can go home and do some things. Like, yeah. But you got to get that in. Yeah. I'm glad you say that because... It's like that with golf for me. If I if I need to go recharge, I go hit balls or basketball. And mm-hmm. one thing that's common between those two is I'm s- so familiar with those two things because I've been doing them literally my entire life. And the fact that I still turn to those things to do them should show how much value it actually brings to my life. So, yeah, just finding that one thing in your life that if you step back and think, what do I, what do I find myself doing? keeping on doing on a weekly or daily or monthly basis and when i'm in my my dark spot where i'm just i can't give off any more energy to anyone because i'm I'm just so exhausted mm-hmm. just remembering to turn to that it can, can, can prove to be big for you yeah so like i'll, I'll play music you know i'll play my guitar mm-hmm. it's like then i'm like man god gave me the ability to create like musical fusion and and like wow some people with just like my fingers you know, and it's just that calms me down because I can play some things that are like really jazzed up, where I can play things that are just like calmer, just easier stuff. We're just letting some things go, letting the stress go, and it's just easy. It's fluid, and it's you know you get in that flow state, as people refer to it, where you just you're in that zone, but it's just just you. Mm-hmm. So you get that that flow going. It's like all right, I feel better, felt good. good. So yeah, those are things that I do. But uh, yeah, if the energy is just super, super low, then you gotta shut the eyelids a little bit. Yeah. So what uh, what kind of notes you got for some book talk, man? What what you getting into? What are you reading or what are you rereading? What yeah. Notes, what notes are you creating or going back through? I'm rereading outreach, no, not rereading, but rereading the notes of Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Oh, that was a good one. I liked when you were going through that book. I flipped open to the first. Sometimes I like to just randomly open to a page and read whatever I highlighted. Oh, the nice. very first page I opened to, first thing I read is, "We tend to want to change other people. 
when, oh. we, can, when we can only oh. truly change ourselves Ooh, and, buddy. and how we react to them. So I think this is yeah. this goes, kind of going back to a previous conversation. Um, but people just get so mad about what other people are saying, like online, um, opinions people have. And I find myself doing it because like, I'm watching like talking heads on TV or reading stuff. Like I always react like, why would you say that? But it all starts with how I react to them in the first place. So I think just going from a mindset of like trying to change other people's viewpoint to listening to understand them. And you can live the way you want to live with your own viewpoint. But I think I just think we're going to move on better if we understand first and then talk through it with people. Mm-hmm. So, And like respond. Don't react to it. Yeah. Like – you know, and that's hard for me sometimes on certain things where I'll I'll want to have a quick reaction instead of a proper response. It's like okay, we we've talked about in, in harder conversations or things that are gonna that may piss you off where you start to create the movie in your head on how something is gonna go when it might not even come close ever. It's like what is the goal of the conversation? You want to come out hating that person, or do you want to have something productive happen? So uh, I like to tie that in with that, but man, I need to get on that book. Should I, I still you can have, borrow it if you I, want? I still have more I'm finishing, but yeah, I uh, I like that one on, on understanding people because a lot of stuff going on right now I feel like is is lack of understanding, and it's also lack of care to understand. Mm-hmm. People people don't want to understand. Yeah, right now, and, and it's it's hard. And that's why, because it is very hard to understand someone who does not agree with you. Right. It is a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, st- it's still hard for me to do. Sure, yeah. it's still hard for you to do. Like, but the more you do it, it's like anything. Some things are awkward until it's habit. It's going to be hard until it's habit. When you just start to work on, why do you think that way? Yeah, I always just ask why. Whenever I hear bad news from someone or someone says something I don't like, I always just want to ask why. Yeah. Instead of reacting. And and it's either going to, the person you ask that to, it's going to reaffirm themselves on why they, they believe or think what they do. Or they might find like, oh, I actually don't have a good reason. Um, or it, it may reaffirm what you as, as the person asking the question, it might reaffirm why you believe and think what you do. Or it might make you change your mind. <gasps> oh no, you might change your mind on something. God forbid. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that on just, the key is to listen to understand. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then don't even listen. Yeah. If you're not going to try to understand it, don't even go there. So uh, that's a good one. Yeah. What you got? Uh, I'm going to keep on, on this Gary V train because, and I'm, I'm glad I'm going back through these notes because it's been a while since I read this book and definitely forgot about some good topics that, that he covered. And one was legacy is greater than currency. And so some notes I had on this, like people aren't going to remember how much money you made, uh, but what you left behind and how you treated people, how you made other people feel. Uh, and one thing that Gary Vee does when he's got a monetary decision to make like, will this deal make me money? Yes? All right, awesome. Second question to answer. Will I be proud of how I made that money? If it's yes, 
let's do it. Mm-hmm. If it's no, you don't do it. That second question though. Yeah. Am I going to be proud of how I made that money? Yeah. Yes or no? If it's no, you got to walk away. Like right money is always better than wrong money. And one thing that, that I've I've taken from, from Gary Vee that I heard in one of his um, vlog episodes, you know, I don't watch as much now since we start doing this. I, I consume so much less. It's just hard. Uh, but he, I remember him saying to someone, I want to have the tallest building by making the tallest building, not by knocking the other buildings down. And, and so I've kind of carried that over into a lot of things. Um, but even with business too, do you want a business because you are the best at that or because you were shysty and somehow drove everyone else's business into the ground? Like, did you bash them on like a small error or something? Did, did you just berate them in, in some fashion to where it hurt their business and it hurt their livelihood? Like there's always someone behind a business. You want to hurt their livelihood too? Like let's take it uh, one step deeper. So uh, I liked his thing on legacy is greater than currency. But I think if you're here to build a really powerful and impactful legacy in a positive way and you do it in, in such fashion, uh, you're going to have plenty of currency. Mm-hmm. I think you'll have plenty of currency. Yeah. And whether, whether that's greenbacks in your wallet or you, know, you live comfortably, you have a beautiful family, you know, you, you're financially free, you don't have to worry about all that and... You know that's still a hell of a currency. Mm-hmm. Having people around you that that you love and that love you and that you know they you take care of each other. So um, I like that. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. So uh, have a good legacy. Do it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. So I yeah that book is crush it man. That was one of his first ones and that's that's a good one. It's got some real good stuff and and it seems so simple, but that's the beauty in it. Like simple is awesome, and it makes sense. It just makes sense. I mean, there's going to be people that say, ah, no, nah, I just want a lot of money. All right, whatever. Do your thing. I'm not here to judge. But I, I agree with him in this sense. If you're going to be proud of the way you that you're going to do it, then do it. If not, and it still makes you money, if you feel conflicted at all, you're going to feel conflicted the rest of your life if you go through with it. So don't knock down the other buildings. Just build a better one. I like it. People remember how you made them feel, how you got to where you're at. People will always remember you know, how you were there for them, how, how you listened when they needed to or yeah mm-hmm. how you made them feel how did you treat other people yeah how do you treat people when you're stressed out too i heard that in a in my morning sermon how how do you act when you're super stressed to the gills mm-hmm. and I, I was thinking back I, I had a self-reflection moment on the way to work this morning i was like huh yeah there there's some times when i've been like super irritable and super stressed out and just like burning at both ends and just not been the best me to, to people that deserve the absolute best all the time. So it's like, all right. Now I've, and that was just this morning to where I, I look at how I act when I'm super stressed differently. Because that, that's character. It was, the sermon was on character. And uh, I was like, that's a big piece. How do you act when everything's not hunky-dory? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oof. Time for the podcast. Yeah. So. I love it. Yeah, man. You got anything else on this one? I don't think I'm good. No. I, uh, 
yeah, man, I, I just really like where we're going on our on our things. I know we got a little third rail topic with with, with Google, but uh, hey, you know, we, we got to report what's really going on with things too, whether we like it or not. So, mm-hmm. uh, hey guys, look, listen, if if you're enjoying the show, you're getting some value out of it, uh, you really like like what we're doing, what we're about, uh, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, Tim himself said it only takes 30 seconds, uh, so if it takes you longer, take it up with him. Um, we will send you a free laptop sticker. Just leave a uh, rating and review. DM us at Off the Dome Radio on Instagram that you did so uh, with the name of your Apple ID because we can't always identify you uh, just by that. Uh, and send us a good mailing address. We will get that out to you ASAP. Uh, as always, thank you so much for your time, your ear, and, and you know, just taking time out of your day to, to check us out. So without further ado, we're going to let you guys get back to your day, crush it on this beautiful Tuesday, uh, and we'll talk to you on next time.